as a Christian, it says believers will do these things. There's actually, the more I read the Bible, I actually don't see a gift of evangelism, but I see the fivefold evangelist that's called to equip the saints to evangelize. So you're saints, and so if I am, I don't know if I am or not, but if I were a fivefold evangelist, then it would be my job to equip you to do the work of evangelist. That would be my job, my role. And so in doing that, what, what that means is, is that's, my job is to really remove every one of your excuses. It's really exciting, though, trust me. It's really exciting. So I wake up, and I want blueberry pancakes. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, remember, I didn't wake up, and I didn't go to church to go on outreach. I woke up to go to Walmart. And as I'm walking out of my house, my best friend, the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not a very good evangelist, but the Holy Spirit is the best evangelist. And guess what? He lives in you, lives upon you, and is working around you. And so I remember, this just happened a couple days ago. I'm walking out of the front door of my house, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, when you get to Walmart, there's going to be a person, and they're going to have a bad back. You're going to pray for them, and they're going to be healed. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I get in the car. I'm driving. I remember I pull up. This is just a couple days ago, and I look over, and there's a person, and I don't have to, I don't have to speed up, and I don't have to slow down. Perfect walking. They walk right through the door at the same time. Excuse me, ma'am, so sorry to bug you. I'm not weird about it. I'm just a normal guy that loves Jesus. Trust me, you can be normally supernatural. It's okay, I'm not, if you go with me, you probably won't even know when I'm praying for people because I'm not like, well, sometimes I stand up on stuff, but that's another story. We won't talk about that right now. So I remember I walked in and she goes, no, I'm fine. But then I heard the Holy Spirit say, no, it's her. So I said, no, I really feel like you have a bad back. Well, actually, I do. So right there, she takes my hand, we pray for her, she's instantly healed. Now, I guess that they must have, like, security, and maybe they were bored. And so I remember walking in, and if you're in front of me, kind of like within, like, earshot, I'm just going to tell you as I'm walking by that Jesus loves you. Because when I was 18 years old, um, I don't have time to tell my whole testimony, but my hand was actually stuck to a Bible. And pa- I don't know if you know Pastor Scott Shang, my, my pastor, Um, I I had a bunch of jealousy and anger and issues, and my dad told me to read the Bible. I went to open up the Bible. I closed the Bible. I heard another voice, not God's voice, tell me to go and hurt somebody. So I was putting down the Bible, which I never read, to go and hurt somebody, and my hand actually got stuck to it. And they called the pastor of the crazy church. And he came to my house, and he prayed for me, and I got completely set free. See, what we need to understand, and I'll get back to the story about Walmart in just a moment. What we need to understand is is that evangelism is not me going out to try to convince people to believe what I believe. That's not it. When when the early church, when, when Christians, when Paul the apostle, when Peter, when Mary Magdalene, when they shared Jesus, they weren't sharing an idea of Jesus. They weren't sharing a theology or a book that they read. They were sharing an encounter that they had with a person. So that day at age 18, I had an encounter with a person named Jesus Christ. And so when I'm walking into Walmart for 10 minutes, I'm a walking encounter. Meaning the Holy Spirit's living in me. See, the the moment Jesus, he dies, he resurrects, and he says to the boys, 
and the girls. He says, guys, it's better that I go to heaven than if I stay here with you. Now, if I was one of them, I said this this morning, but if I was one of them, I would say, whoa, stop, wait a minute. Thomas is having a hard time believing. I would be saying, but really, I would be having a hard time believing. As, as my mind's spinning, and, and then all of a sudden, a cloud takes Jesus up into heaven, and, and we're looking up there, and I'm going, he just said it's better that he win? Stop. No way. But he actually said that it was better that he would go because how much better than one Jesus walking on the earth than a whole body of Christians? I'm not saying that you're Jesus, but I'm saying the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And so if we all walk out in what we're created to walk out in, one or two of us fully possessed by God could change the region. One person with God is a majority. So as I walk into Walmart thinking that, knowing that it's actually better having Christ in me than Christ beside me, because actually Christ in me and it's Christ upon me. Christ is in me for me. Christ is upon me for you. There's a lot of people that have Christ in them, but not Christ on them. It's a big difference, right? So I'm walking in, Christ on me, like, like when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water and the dove came down, the Holy Spirit. It was the first time in history that the Holy Spirit came, landed, and stayed. Do you know that you can live a life that the Holy Spirit will come, land, and stay? Meaning every day for the last 14 years, I've only increased in love with Jesus. And, 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 and if we're not careful, what happens is we go, well, that's impossible. No, actually, it's not impossible because if I'm with him, if he's in me and I'm in him, it's actually the easiest thing that, that there is. Because if you're with the creator of the universe and he's in you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it's like the most normal thing. So to be a full-time Christian is normal to not be as unnormal. So just because everybody else isn't doing it and one or two people is doing it, the one or two people is normal, but the ones that aren't doing it, that's actually abnormal. Right? So I walk in, and here comes the security right next to me. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, good. But, he, you know, he wasn't like dressed like security, but I knew what he was. I've had this enough times in my life. So I'm just walking, and I'm like, Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves you. And I'm like, I'm like I guess this guy's just going to be my personal bodyguard. And so we're walking through, and he goes, he looks at me, and he goes, well, at least your message is love. So I go around, all this amazing stuff happens, and I go and I go to self-checkout, which normally I like to go into the biggest line. This is why. People are not an inconvenience. People are an opportunity. So while you're looking for the shortest line, I'm looking for the longest one, and I wedge myself in there, and then I wait just for the right amount of time to where all the other lines back up, and then I go, hey, everybody, my name's Chris, and I love Jesus. And actually, you're more concerned about not losing your spot in line, so I'm going to talk to you the whole entire time. <laughs> People love it. It's like we have, like, on checkout five revival breaks out. Now, I'm going to say this kind of funny, but I'm going to say it. I think that there's more angelic activity when I go to Walmart than when most preachers preach. All of heaven, guys, get ready, he's going. 
All the angels, oh my gosh, here he goes, he's going to do it again. Okay, God, here we go. Remember, I'm not very good at this, but Holy Spirit, let's go. And I understand that prayers go up, and God's going to send them down, baby, so here we go. So I remember, I go to the self-checkout, I check out, I turn, I'm like, Jesus loves you. She goes, thank you so much. I said, by chance, do you have trouble with your knee? Yeah, your right one, how'd you know that about me? Jesus told me. She goes, oh my God, I'm going to be healed. (laughs) Didn't, Didn't even pray for her. Totally healed. Let me tell you something. I'm not gifted. I'm a dairy farmer from Woodland, Washington. Like, really not gifted. If you would have been with me at the beginning of this, oh my gosh, I embarrassed my wife so many times. If I have a gift of anything, it's called like the gift of like hunger. Like I just, it never stopped. And then finally it started, my batting average went up. See, because the problem is, is we look at people on a stage and we say that person's gifted. And what we're doing is we're counting out what that person did for the last 14 years in his history with God. But the more dangerous thing is, is we're saying that I could never do it. But I remember year after year after year where I sat in your seat and I was so hungry for God. Oh, God, use me. All God needs is your yes. He's not looking for superstars. He's not looking for celebrities. He's actually just looking for laborers. So all he's looking for. And so what he saw was this 18-year-old kid in Woodland that actually knew how to work because I was a dairy farmer. And he thought, you know what, that kid right there, he's not very smart. He probably can't do anything else in life, so I'll probably have to put him in ministry. (laughs) And all the preachers say amen because they know. Oh, man, you right here, sir? Could you stand up for me? Yeah, you. I just, the Lord just highlighted you. Yep, you. Yeah, you. Yeah, both of you. Yeah, all three of you. Yeah, not you, but Jesus loves you. And sir in the white, not you, but he loves you too. The man in the black. You right there. I just saw the Lord say that today there's going to be a grace that comes upon your life. And I just see you like in the cab of your truck or whatever it is when you're driving, like the Lord just coming and invading your space because you've been hungering for him. And I see you beginning to lead people to the Lord at like a rapid pace. Like it's going to be so, it's going to be so easy. It's going to be so amazing. And I see just like a fire just coming upon you and it's evangelism fire because I'm telling you, he's coming back. I don't know when he's coming back, but by the time we get to the end of the meeting, it's sooner than when we started the meeting. And I see you winning many people that I could never win and that a church, people that would never come into a church. But just as you go everywhere you go, you're going to see people get one for the Lord. I believe it. And the Lord, he's, whether you believe this or not, the Lord is beginning even right now to fill your hands with miracles. And you're going to see miracles work through your hands, and you're going to go, what in the world? How did that happen? Miracles are going to flow through you. And have you been having trouble with your back? Is it your lower back? Okay, put your hands over your head. Sir, in the white, lay hands on his lower back. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be totally healed. You guys ready to see a miracle? I am, I hope. We're just turning up the risk. This is a teaching moment. You can put your hands on. I don't know why I told you to put your hands up. (laughs) Put them up, put them down. 
because it's, it's, it's receiving. Put your hands out. Just receive. This is the thing, is that now we're in trouble because the guy's standing up, and I said he's going to be healed, but that's called faith. But I heard a word from the Lord about his back, which means it's a word from the Lord, which means it's as good as done. Right? So put, stretch your hands out. Now that's how it works. It's so simple. So we got to turn the risk up. And then when we turn the risk up, God just lands on that landing strip. What was your name? Jerry, you're awesome, man. Father, I thank you for Jerry, Lord. I thank you for the evangelism fire, Lord, that's going to fall upon him, God. And I thank you that right now his back is being completely restored. Right now in Jesus' name. Father, we just ask that that back line up completely in Jesus' name. And you've got, you've got something going on. Is it your left knee? Is it any knee issues at all? Yeah? Which one is it? Both. Is your left one worse? They're both pretty bad. Okay, both knees, Father, right now in Jesus' name. Touch both of his knees. Bring complete healing into his body in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you feeling any different at all? And, and be totally honest. If not, it's totally okay with me. I'm secure. Jesus loves me. Something different? So afterwards, come tell me. And if, if not, we'll pray again. If Jesus had to pray twice, I can pray a hundred times. Okay? Bless you, man. You're awesome. Okay. 18 minutes. Oh, Jesus, help me. You tell me when I'm done. Okay. What does that mean? You're good. This is so much fun. Oh, my gosh. He's so amazing. So, so today we're at Orange Mango Tree. And we go into Mango Tree, and I don't feel super spiritual. The Heart of the City band's not behind me playing. Um, like, I'm like, Seth, where are you? I need you right now. And we walk in, and we sit down, and, and I notice this table, just like I noticed you, Jerry. And I, and I just felt drawn to go over and, and talk to the people at the table. So I walk over, and it did not go well. I said, excuse me, my name's Chris. I just felt led to come over here and pray for you. They, they, it didn't go well. They were very mad, and they told me to leave. So I come back, and I sit down, and I'm like, well, I was kind of encouraged. Because I know that whenever something bad happens, it's the enemy prophesying that the exact opposite's going to happen. So I don't go, oh, man, I'm going to shut down. No, I go, oh, man, whatever's going to happen next is going to be amazing. And then the darker it gets, the more excited I get. I know it sounds crazy, but when I feel fear, I just go, thank you that you're, that you're here. Like you're, you're telling me this is an invitation that something amazing is about ready to happen. See, the Lord hasn't given you a spirit of fear, so when you feel fear, it's not yours. He's given you the power, love, and a sound mind. And so what Christians do is they feel fear, they look inward, but we don't need to look inward. We need to look outward and realize it's a demonic spirit. And then we need to say, hi, it's, it's so great that you're here. I'm going to actually step through you now and, and, and see what amazing things on the other side of that. So actually, when I feel it, I get really excited. So I sat down, and I was kind of feeling something. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And so a, a lady walks by, and I get a word of knowledge for her hip, and I stand up. But the problem was is that her table was right next to their table. Now, this is the way I live my life. Everything that I do, I do in love right? I'm not loud. I'm not any of that. I'm very quiet. I'm very 
very careful. So any, don't think that I'm doing this like, or like some crazy maverick. It's very calculated. I'm just, but I'm like, Holy Spirit, they're right next to the table, and these guys really don't like me, and I got to walk right next to them. But I remember I looked at Topher, and I said, buddy, here we go. This is going to be great because I feel fear, and that means it's going to be good. So he's like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so we go over to the table, and when we get over to the table and I start to talk to them, these two guys get up, and they immediately walk away. I'm like, oh, man. So they're going, and they're complaining to the restaurant people before they leave. Now, again, we're not called to be thermometers. We're called to be thermostats. It's a big difference. So I could be going, oh, no, this is getting bad. We got to get out of here. But I'm going, oh, no, this is getting bad. It's about ready to change. Because what's in me is greater than what's in that restaurant. What's in you is greater. Imagine if I wouldn't have got up because fear would have stopped me. This story gets good. So I asked them, hey, by chance, do you have this? They're like, nope, 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 nope. Okay. Strike two. Go back over, sit down. I'm like, well, that really didn't go good. And then, and then Craig's like, yeah, they actually went and complained to the rest. So now you're beginning to think, man, am I going to be able to finish my meal? Are they going to kick me out of here? I just don't really care. I actually refuse to be quiet about my Jesus. The world doesn't care about what it puts in your face. It's, does it ask permission to put the commercial on the TV or the billboard or the magazine or the accept, blah, 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 blah? No. So hear me. Everything done in love, I'm not going to bow to the world. I, in love, I'm going to stand up and be an ambassador for God's kingdom. And so here we go. So I said, okay, listen, this is my plan. When we leave, I'm going to go to the ladies that they complain to. And I'm going to say, I'm sorry that I caused them trouble. And then I'm going to preach the gospel to them. It's exactly what we did. So we go over. I start to talk to the one girl. And she goes, actually, yeah, that was kind of weird. I, I don't know why they were so mad at you. And she was, she was kind of a believer. And so we're talking a little bit. I said, well, that, that girl over there, like, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for her. So she comes over. The moment I begin to talk about Jesus, tears fill her eyes. I'm just sharing the gospel. Who was it that saw that? Topher and, and you, just tears. I'm crying. What's happening to me? No word of knowledge, no miracle, simply the gospel. The gospel is enough. Right? I've already, I got her phone number. I've already texted her. And I'm just, I'm on it. Because this young lady is going to get born again. Imagine if we would have bowed to fear in that moment. Right? We need to be full-time Christians, and Christianity is a full-contact sport. It's full-contact. All the time. I'll tell one more story. There's something about stories that just releases faith. I don't know what it is, but testimonies are prophecy. It's like, do it again, Lord. That's what it's like. So right before I came here, and then I'll, and then I'll read a scripture, and then we'll wrap it up. Right, right before I came here, um, I believe it was on Thursday, I go to Starbucks. Okay. I don't know why I'm telling you all the stories where there's resistance because there's not normally this much resistance, but it's, what, it's just what God wants you to hear today because it, it's not normally like this. Normally people are really open and just like I was in the napkin aisle with a lady. I turned and I said, Jesus loves you. And she says this, one day we'll stand before God and he'll judge us for how we've lived our life. And I'm like, whoa, that was intense. 
And I said, Jesus loves you. And she goes, I've never done that before, and I feel so convicted right now. I said, well, don't feel convicted. Just start today. And by the way, the Lord spoke to me, and he's healing this right now in your body. And then when I took her hand and she gets healed, tears in her eyes, buying napkins in Walmart, I see a vision of a, of, of a young man smoking, and I said, do you have a son? She goes, yeah, I have two of them. Which one of them is uh, smoking too much? Just tears. Right there, we begin to pray over him. His wife and his child are standing right there watching the whole thing as we call them into the kingdom of God. So it's not, it's not, and this is every day, every moment, every second. See, there's no days off in the kingdom of God. And you can live this way. You can be a landing strip for the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not, it's not, you don't need to be a superstar. You don't need to be gifted. All you need to be is available. Say available. If you're available, God will do the rest. I'm not gifted, but the Holy Spirit is a gift. Oftentimes, we're waiting for the power to go, but we need to understand that the power is in the going. It's really, really huge. So if you had a track athlete, and that track athlete was sitting in a chair, you wouldn't see his power. But if you took him to a track and you told him to run, you would see his power. So your power is in your movement. If you never move, you're never going to see God do anything. I mean, he's going to sustain you, and he loves you, and he's for you, and you're saved, and you're going to go to heaven. And that's, like, I'm not saying that, that, that you're not saved if you don't live this way, but I'm saying there's more to the Christian life than just existing and trying to survive. You can thrive. You can thrive. So I'm in Starbucks. And I'm sitting there talking to a pastor, and there's a table, two tables over, and the Lord says, go over there. One of them has a bad right leg. Okay. And you think, why healing? Read the Gospels. All Jesus did was heal the sick and cast out demons. I remember there, there was a season where I was like, God, what's up with this healing thing? Like, and, I, and, I, and he says, did you read the Gospels? Like, that's what I did. That's not just what I did. That's who I am. He is healing. And I begin to realize that's like his heart. See, I don't work miracles to prove that God's God. God didn't, Jesus didn't come and work miracles to say, look at me. I'm Jesus, the son of God. He worked miracles out of compassion. It's who he was. So when I go to the table to pray for the person, it's not to say, see, God's real. It's because I'm so broken for the person that I want to see them. It's compassion that moves you. It's not to prove anything. That's kind of twisted. It's just who he is. So I walk over. I said, so sorry to bug you. Uh, I felt like I was supposed to pray for one of you guys. And the guy goes, I don't receive prayer from anybody. Okay, no worries. Can I ask you one more question? Sure you can. It's amazing what a word of knowledge will do. Um, I really felt like somebody has pain, and it's in their right leg, and it's really bad. The lady just starts crying. <laughs> Starbucks is packed. <laughs> Some of you guys are nervous just hearing this story. I'm kind of nervous reliving it. It was crazy. Oh, my gosh. I get home every night, and I lay my head down on my pillow, and I say, God, I don't know if we could do that again. Like, that was intense. And then he reminds me that it wasn't me that did it. It was him through me. 
It's in him you live, you move, and you have your being. Isn't that amazing? It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Okay, so the word of knowledge lands. The lady goes, yes, it's me and the manager of Starbucks right next to me. Now, I'm, I'm a positive, like, loving guy. I really thought in my mind that she was there to pray with me. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. I'm serious. I really thought it. I'm, I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. She's going to pray with me. And then I realized really quickly she was not there to pray with me. She says, sir, you can't be doing this. And I was like, doing what? Like, what am I doing? I'm, this is just who I am. Like, I'm not here doing outreach. I'm just here just existing in Christ. And this is actually what the Father's doing, so I'm just doing what he's doing. And all the time, every day. Every day. Every second of every day. Every moment. No days off. I wish my wife was here. She'd say, uh-huh, it's true, every day. But it's not a burden on my family. We love it. My wife called me today. She said, honey, you'd be so proud of me. I had all the kids, and we're going through the grocery store, and I was in a hurry. I had to get back out, but I heard the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me. Three kids, shopping cart, in a hurry. And I heard the Lord say, that one right there. So my wife with three kids goes over and says, excuse me, ma'am, the Lord just spoke to me and told me that you have bad legs. And she goes, well, what do you mean? She says, your legs are numb, aren't they? She goes, yes, they are. Praise for her and she's healed. A mom with three kids. That's not street evangelism. That's full-time Christianity. You're like, can you just get back to the Starbucks story, please? No. Cody's going to finish the story tomorrow, so you all come back. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I'll tell him it, and then he'll share it with you tomorrow. And if, if, you're, if you're wondering, I'm joking. My wife tells me two things. Don't ever joke from the stage and smile. Because when I really preach, I don't smile, and it's not good. So she, and I turn red. So she says, honey, will you please just smile? And don't tell any jokes because people don't know that you're joking. They think you're serious. But you guys laugh, so we're good. Okay, so Starbucks, right? Manager's there. You can't do this. Now, the man that said, I can't, couldn't pray for him, says this. No, this guy's doing nothing wrong that loud. He's a Christian. He loves Jesus. I'm not, I'm standing there like, yeah, that's right. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm serious. This is a true story. I promise. Just take me to dinner. Trust me, it'll be wild. <laughs> but you'll have so much fun. Some, some people in my family don't like the way I live, or they don't think that it's real. And I've been asking them for years just to go to the mall with me. But they haven't taken me up on the offer. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's fun. I'm just trying to be funny for a moment to lighten the mood. But this is serious at the same time because he's coming back and we're stepping into the greatest harvest ever. Ever. America shall be saved. Like my friend Chris Overstreet and, and, and Jake Hamilton and, and different ones and Reinhard Bonnke, you know, he, they're saying America shall be saved. 
And, and I'm telling you, it's not going to be just on Sunday mornings and Saturday nights behind pulpits because I see more people born again on the street than I do behind the pulpit. They're waiting for you to be you fully possessed by God. So the guy goes, he's a Christian. Yeah, that's right, I am a Christian. And, and he came over here and he knew about my wife's pain in her leg. She had this pain three years ago, but it came back, and we're actually on the way to the pain clinic right now. And so then I look at the lady, and I'm like, and then, and then she goes, well, sir, you can't be doing this. I said, well, why don't you ask her? Tears in her eyes. He's doing nothing wrong. He's not doing anything, because I was just having a conversation. All of a sudden, she's gone. Imagine if I would have bowed to fear. Fear is such a lie. I will never bow my knee to fear again, ever. I refuse. I refuse to bow to fear. Never again. Never again may it be said that Chris Donald bowed his knee to fear because it says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord so fear is going to bow to the Christ in me. I'm not going to bow to it any longer. Never again. So I go around. I get down on my knee. I said, hey, honey, you know what that was right there? She's like, no. I said, that was the devil, and he's trying to rob you from your miracle. And ain't nothing going to rob you from this miracle. You ready to have your miracle? Uh-huh. In Jesus' name, be healed. What you feeling? I'm feeling something. Okay, listen, I'm going to go back over to the seat over there, and when you leave, I want you to come talk to me. Tell me how it is. Fifteen minutes later, she stands up, tears still in her eyes. She comes over. She goes, I have to tell you this. We were going to go to the pain clinic yesterday, but it got canceled, and we're going to go in 30 minutes, and we meet you, and I've been saying, God, please heal me. She goes, there's no pain in my body at all. Totally healed. It's amazing. That's just if, if you get one thing from tonight, I need you to understand this. There is nothing special about me. There's nothing special about me. Oh, my gosh, if you only knew. The only thing that I do is every morning I wake up and I say, God, please use me again. Please use me again. Please use me again, Lord. Please just use me again. Please, Lord, just use me again. If there's anything special about me, it's just my pure, raw hunger and zeal for God. And the fact that I've learned that prayers go up and he's looking for people that are going to catch him. Who's going to carry him out? Who's going to carry him out? And when you leave here, there's going to be many opportunities for you to step out and see God just come into people's situations. I could stand here for hours and hours and share stories from the last two weeks. The last two weeks. I never like to share stories from yesterday because we should have stories today. Today, man, okay, I'm going to read this one scripture, and I'm going to do it in 36 seconds in Jesus' name. I, I, I want you to get this. This is, the, this is the, the one thing I want you to understand about the gospel, and then, and then we'll wrap it up. Is that okay? This is a special night. I just love him so much. I just love him so much. 
just says pursue love. What's it look like to pursue something that's pursuing you? Like the moment you turn, there's a collision. We think that pursuing love is like chasing after God. Like, no, no, he's pursuing you. That's why it says repent of your sins, turn to God, and he'll give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the gospel is getting people to turn to a God that's staring at them. It's not repent of your sins and God will turn to you. <laughs> He's staring at you. Come on. Come on. It says the, the, the Lord is slow in his promises concerning you because he desires that none should perish. Eternal life is to know God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son. It's to know him. So God is, he's here and he's just staring at you. He's saying, are they going to do it? Are they going to repent? Are they going to hear? The preaching of, of the gospel is not, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be condemned. That's not it. It's, listen, you're condemned. You need to believe in Jesus. It's preaching people out of condemnation, not into it. The reason why churches are not filling with people is because God can't trust the church with the people. Because when the person comes in that doesn't fit our, we want to judge and condemn and not lift up into the image of God. So we want to preach people out of condemnation, not into condemnation. That's why it says in John 3, 17, he came not to judge the world, but to love. And perfect love casts out all fear. There's no fear of turning to him because he's love. So hear this in closing. Man, lately I've been reading the Bible and I just cry. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's the word. People say to me, I don't know if I believe in the Bible anymore. Oh man, that's crazy. Like, Like the Bible, like John, the beloved, walked with the word. He walked with the word. And he recorded the word on paper. He said in 1 John, him who I've seen, whom I've touched, whom my eyes have laid upon. That Jesus I tell you about so that you can experience the same joy that I experienced. The word, like they record, the word came, dwelt among us, and they recorded the word that walked with us, dwelt among us. I just feel like God is just like releasing an impartation to love the word, like to love the word. So hear this. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Jesus says, come to me. It's all about Jesus. He knows that our human tendency is to make it about a book, a podcast, a sermon, following a person. So he makes it really simple for us. He says, come to me. Christianity is not about following only the teachings of Christ. It's about walking with Christ. 
Christianity isn't following an outside rule. It's being ruled from the inside out. It's like, wow. It's him in you. It's the spirit of truth in you working from the inside out, not the outside in. God's not a cosmic buzzkill. Righteousness, right standing with God is the most beautiful thing in the whole world. It's what you're created for. Are we okay for a moment? I just feel like God's going to do something powerful. I'm just a mess. He says, come to me all. Say all. That's everybody. That's Matthew, the tax collector. That's the woman caught in the very act of adultery. We like to label whether a person can come or can't come, but you can't make that label because he already said all, 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 all. Well, they need what they deserve. Well, if you want what you deserve, then you go straight to hell. No, no, no. None of us get what we deserve because Jesus came and he died as me so I could rise as him. And he says, if I come to him, not to come hear the teaching about him, but if I come to him, this says this. It says, all who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. So there's a world out there and there's a church in here that's weary and heavy laden. That means people have real issues. I've got issues. We all have issues. Let me tell you something. God is not trying to give you an intellectual antidote for your problems. God's actually going to meet your needs with himself. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, people that have real problems. And if you come unto me, I'll give you intellectual rest. I'll give you a book to read that talks about rest. I'll give you all these things. No, I'll actually give you real rest. You can have, you can walk out of here today with real rest. Anxiety doesn't exist in Christ. Depression doesn't exist in Christ. If you're in the presence of God, overwhelmed by all of his goodness, it can't exist. It has to bow its knee to Christ. Then he says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light what does it mean what's the yoke of God that means take my lordship upon you in life we can be ruled by one of two things we can be ruled by self-rule or we can be ruled by God rule how does self-rule work out for us the word of God says there seems a way that's right to a man but its end is death I don't care what you look like on the outside. I don't care what you drive or what you don't drive, what you wear or what you don't wear. I don't care what your bank account says one way or the other. If you don't have him, you're bankrupt. If you're a Christian with all the knowledge of him here and you have all the right theology and all the right teaching, but you lack his presence in your life, you're bankrupt. It's all about the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. Actually, when the presence of God comes into a room, it actually means that that person is in the room. We go, oh, the presence of God is here. Right now you can feel his presence. It's in the room. It's right here. It's with us. And we think, oh, wow. We think it's like something like out there. No, it's actually the person of Christ in the room. 
Right, right now we're in the presence of Craig. Isn't that amazing? And since Craig is here, that means Craig's head's here. Isn't that amazing? And because his head's here, that means that his mouth is here. Isn't that amazing? And if his mouth is here, that means his voice is here. And if his voice is here, I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Also, if Craig is here, that means Craig's right arm is here. Isn't that profound? And if his right arm is here, that means his right hand is here. But we're not talking about Craig. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus' presence is here. That means his person is here. That means his mouth is here, which means his word is here. That means that his hand is here. And it says, in the presence of God, Oh, let's read it. Let's get the actual address here. Psalms 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. <laughs> and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Will you guys stand with me? Oh, man. We're going to land this plane really well. In Jesus' name. In Psalms 34... Actually, right now, all over the room, if you're saying, Chris, I want to understand what the presence of God is. I want to come to Jesus tonight. I'm not talking about being saved. And I'm talking about if you have anxiety, depression, different things in your life, and you're done with it, I want you to come right to the front right now. Because we're, I'm going to read this scripture over you. We're going to go back into the song. And God's going to come and he's going to meet your needs. He's going to come and meet your needs all over the room. And if there's a prayer team, the prayer team can come up and begin to minister. But God is here. That means his presence is here. That means all these things that we deal with are no more tonight. Because in Christ are all things. All things are in him. All things are in Christ. All things are in him. He spoke and the world came into existence. Oh my gosh. Okay, are you ready? Psalms 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Some of, no, all. As you keep coming, all of your fears in the presence of God, they have to go away. They have to go away in his presence. And then it says this, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Right now, if you just put your hands over your head, I'm just going to pray over you as we go into this next song. Father, right now, I pray that you release an impartation, that this is all about you. It's always been about you, and it's never going to change. It's never going to change. That if we have the presence of God in our life, we have everything that we need. Father, we thank you that we're victorious in you. Father, I pray that right now you come and you take every thought that's exalted itself above the truth of Jesus Christ and you remove every stronghold right now in Jesus' name. 
right now in Jesus' name, every stronghold. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a lie that we believe that an enemy can encamp in that will resist the Word of God. Every stronghold that's resisting the Word of God, it must bow its knee right now. Holy Spirit, come and have your way as we go back into this next song. Holy Spirit, come and convince us that in you is all we need.